0: wake up buyer payer people it's a beautiful day go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to jim and michelle rhodes on the buy here pay here morning show take it away you two good morning happy friday we're um, glad to be here with you uh just wrapping up A really, where we wrapped up yesterday, a really great um, discovery visit with someone that's a new client. So looking forward to working with them over the course of the following months.
1: uh, almost 25 years or so. Yeah. Uh, Yeah.
0: Really, really great. So we're going to be working with them on a transformational, um, engagement. So really that's great. Great people. such a, such a wonderful visit. Um, so we, just a couple of quick things to announce, uh, don't forget NIADA next week, next week, we will be broadcasting live on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, we're going to have a really huge announcement too. So we'll talk about that a little bit again.
1: Yeah, of course. We're going to actually have two broadcasts on Wednesday. We'll go ahead and do our regular morning time slot, and then we'll be broadcasting um, from the uh, convention at 945 Mountain, which would be 1245 Eastern. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they'll be able to find us at that time of day live as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then um, just so you all know, we uh, will be in Albuquerque Um, most of the day on Monday. So if there's any dealers out there that would like us just to kind of swing in and say, Hey, um, let us know. I know we already have one dealer that we're, we're going to stop in and probably say hi or connect with somehow. The
1: dealer's not there, but we may still stop and see the facilities. And
0: then um, when we're in Vegas, we'll be, uh, if there's any dealers out there that would like us to swing in, we'll be, um, you know, be able to take a couple on uh Tuesday or Thursday to sure. swing and talk to them. And then we're heading to Salt Lake and in Salt Lake, the the week of the 26th mm-hmm. that we'll be available to do some, some, uh, visits if people would like us to swing in and you right. know, ask questions and all of that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So um, uh, if you're listening, don't forget to say good morning. Let us know where you're coming from and and either give uh, StreamYard the ability to show who you are or if you want to throw it in the comments as well. That would be fantastic. Um, Jim wanted to do just a little bit of a follow-up on what we talked about yesterday, which was collection efficiency.
1: Right. So, so I just wanted to get back in there and give some actual numbers from some of our clients. And um, so I, I just pulled one. In fact, I'm just looking at the screen now. So, you know, this is a client with a good size portfolio, probably 1700 contracts or so, um, maybe 1600. And, you know, just looking at on the screen, I'm looking at the results from there. This is a client that we've, we've worked with for many years. So we've actually got 290 weeks worth of data in this spreadsheet. And if I look at, for example, their last, um, their last ten weeks. As I said last in the last session, that we do collection efficiency typically on a ten-week rolling average, and they're actually at one hundred point six percent across the ten weeks. Now that'll come up and down. They've been, you know, typically around ninety-seven, and across their entire history, they're at ninety-six point seven percent for the time we've been measuring that. But that <clears throat> the dealer is projected on average. Uh, to bring in 164 grand a week, 164, 125. Um, that's contractually projected again. So that would be all dollars um, projected, and then cool. they actually bring in 165113 113. Uh, so yeah, just uh, it's incredible the yeah. can be. And the, keep in mind we're filtering payments greater than yeah. 800 dollars out of that.
0: So you know, if you want any more information on how to be able to start collecting or tracking your collection efficiency, please feel free to reach out. Today's topic. Um, uh, Jim and I had a, you know, we're always talk, we always talk work. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, and we were discussing some of the things that we wanted to be able to, to start, uh, sharing with, with everyone out there. And, um, and so we decided that we wanted to go into something that's kind of meaty and something that we typically share in an engagement.
1: right?
0: Um, and, uh, and that is, Gaping holes. I know that those of you who have heard Jim speak before. He's he's alluded to those, um, uh the gaping holes. And so we're gonna start today's gonna be the first of, of many. Um, it, we won't be doing them like every every single time we hear you, we see you or you hear us that we'll be talking about the next one. But this is something that's going to be talked about over the course of the coming weeks. And um, so the first one that that we wanted to talk about, um, Jim, do you want to go ahead and introduce uh, which gaping hole we're going to be talking about Sure. Today? I
1: think, and maybe a little backstory on that. Keep in mind that somebody who's been doing this now, you know, consulting and visiting just by hairpayer payer dealerships finance companies for 22 years, that's taken me to 26 states. I've been in dealerships that were perform- performing well. I've been in dealerships that were struggling. You obviously learn a lot. I always say when I go out and do these visits, I learn as much as I teach when I go into these dealerships and, and finance companies. And so one of the things that has come up, um, and one of the things that we certainly try to share with our clients is, uh, how to protect them. You know, you might put it in the category of risk mitigation, but it's really about, um, uh, plugging holes to create checks and balances, safeguards to protect the dealer against. It could be something as serious as theft or embezzlement. It could also just be mismanagement. Sometimes it's unintentional. But it kind of ties back to our conversation about collection efficiency. It's like, if we're not doing some of these things, we might not recognize, you know, the, these, these things are happening. So the first gaping hole though, we want to talk about, and this is kind of coming off of this visit is, you know, we, we see people that are long established and we hear dealers talk about, you know, I, I trust the people that work for me and, you know, just keep in mind that somebody that has done this in a lot of places worked with a lot of dealers. I virtually have never heard of a theft or embezzlement case where the dealer didn't trust the person. I mean, that's how they got themselves in that pickle to begin with.
0: Yeah, and we're we're not in any way saying don't trust your team. No, um, we're just saying create opportunities for your team not to create distrust.
1: Well, and to there are a couple of factors on this. Like I think I would come at this and keep in mind this morning, we may have people listening that are dealers. We may have people listening that are office managers or controllers. And and my answer would be the same. If I were sitting with both Mm -hmm. people in the room, the answer would be the same, because what we're really trying to do and, and really this first gaping hole is really just check writing. Okay. So this is about having people on the team that have the authority to write checks. And if we grant that authority, then we need to understand the risk that we're taking. And we're
0: talking, um, not just like writing, but signing checks, signing the ability to sign checks. Yeah.
1: So if we're, if we're able to, of course, if we write and sign checks, then obviously we have a lot of, you know, access to the company funds and our ability to, and, and by the way, we typically hire people that are smart, right? So, I mean, we, we're going to hire people that are intelligent. So if they're intelligent and they have access to those things, then what I'm really suggesting is that's a that's one of the first gaping holes that we need to to guard against. So how do you guard against that? Well, you create limits, you create, you know, and typically this can be done at the bank level as well, is that any check above a certain amount requires two signatures. Um, you know, typically, we'd like to see somebody else sign off on the checks, you know, and, and, and um, make sure that somebody else is in the loop on authorizing those checks and whatever method that looks like. But this is really just about... Let's think about two things. Let's look at the dealer side and say, when we grant that authority to write checks like that, we make ourselves vulnerable to some sort of embezzlement. And we've seen some big ones. I personally had a manager who was a partner at the time who embezzled about $14,000. Thankfully, I caught it fairly early. We were able to recover, but it was it was really through the checkbook. and They were doing some pretty creative things with the checkbook to be able to put money in their pocket.
0: Now let's kind of talk that, like we said before, obviously you're going to hire people that you trust. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't hire them. You wouldn't hand a checkbook to them if you didn't trust them. And the, and, and we're not saying that that people are intrinsically untrustworthy at all. But what we're saying is that um, real life happens
1: yeah. Um, and and the way I like to yeah. say it is we're just we're, we're talking about safeguards that keep honest people honest. So this is about, you know, putting safeguards and putting measures in place so that we are able to, um, you know, protect against those things that, you know, could happen. And we just like to keep that door closed. And, and this is not about this is um, now if we think about the office manager side of this or whoever might have the authority to check dude write these checks, if I'm in that position, I don't really want that responsibility and I don't really want to be in the circle of suspicion if there's a problem. So I think the best way I protect, and this is where, you know, a dealer principal or supervisor has the opportunity to step in and protect themselves and to protect the person who's, you know, carrying out those functions. So that's why I say if I were in that position, and I've traditionally done that, uh, we'll talk about, you know, in the weeks to come, we'll talk about the other things that we see that, mm-hmm. you know, make dealers vulnerable. Uh, sometimes that's inside the software. Sometimes it's cash management. There are going to be some other things that we see that, you know, can create leakage. And sometimes mm-hmm. that leakage is just simple mismanagement. Sometimes it's outright theft. And so it's not a fun thing to think about, but it's like it's, it's typically totally um, you know, avoidable if we'll just take some safeguards, put some policies in place and, and yes, it might be, we, we tend to do these things in the interest of expedience. You know, mm-hmm. we want to get checks out and we want to get our vendors taken care of, whatever. And that's, that's understandable. But what really is saying is in the interest of expedience, we're putting ourselves at, at risk mm-hmm. and, and, it doesn't mean that the person who's got that authority today is not trustworthy and that they have good intentions we just have seen that you know when you've done what i've done and you've been in these dealerships and you've come in behind these situations when people you know develop something serious and traumatic the, in and their that,
0: life. that's that's a, what i think is like uh, i can imagine that there's a lot of dealers out there they're going to go oh not my team yeah i've got it's my sister in law Yeah, it's my mom. Yeah, it's um, it's, uh, you know, someone, my person I've known for forever or they've worked with me forever and I can trust them. I would trust them with my children. Yeah.
1: And, you know, as I hear that, it reminds me of the dealer I worked with in the central part of the U.S. who told me I've known this guy since the third grade and he stole probably a hundred thousand dollars from that dealer. Is that, is that a big enough okay, number? So,
0: and, 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 so is it about, here's the question though. Is it about that we're bad judges of character? I say, no, I oh. say that, you know, we, that we can tell if it's someone that we love and we trust. The point of this is, is even the most wonderful person put in a situation where they are backed into a corner, they are, are more likely to make a decision because they it's they're backed into a corner this might right. be something about uh you know i've i've gotten into a bad situation um i need to be able to put food on my table whatever it is right. i mean backed into a corner and you know we all know because of our customers desperate people mm-hmm. will do desperate things and life happens to even the most trustworthy of oh, people of course
1: and that's the thing that you know just we can't predict what's going to be happening in, in their lives. And so it uh, sounds like we may have a an issue on our Facebook yeah. thread. We've got some uh, some hackers in there. Yeah.
0: Doesn't... So don't pay any attention yeah. to that. We're not into Tinder. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. I will, I'll see how I can do that. I'm not exactly sure how. Well, in let's meantime, keep going. Yeah, and yeah, I'm gonna going to keep
1: going. Make sure we, if you haven't said so, let us know what state you're listening. We're, we're
0: blocking us. the user. So, yeah. yeah.
1: But yeah, um, if, uh, if you can get in there and just let us know what state you're listening from, yeah. we'd like to know where people are, are hearing it from. <laughs> you know,
0: what's of. really funny is that, uh, just, just cause what we're doing, it's been so funny to Gemini that we, uh, we're ha- getting more and more people reaching out and saying, Hey, we can help you. Yeah. We, you know, we'd love to, we'd love to do this stuff and it, it's great. I mean, it's fantastic, but that's our first hacker. Yeah, event. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. awesome. So back to you know, trust your people and, and we want you to trust your people we and, and we want to keep it that way. And so part of this is, Hey, Nick, Nick from Pennsylvania is here.
1: Hey, good morning. Hey.
0: Um, and GR more. I wanted to say good morning uh, to, GR. to GR. And then I have Grayson King's "Sells rivers with Carrie Blythe and Greg King too, okay. uh, that are, that are yeah, insane. Nice. Um, morning, yeah. So, uh, trustworthy is, is, um, you know, we all, we continue to trust your team. Uh-huh. Don't give them the opportunity if, if something really life happens sure. to, to be put in a position where, where it could harm your relationship right? and harm your dealership.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You don't want to mm-hmm. put the assets of the company at risk. And so this is really, and you're right to preserve relationships. You, you create those safeguards. And, mm-hmm. and so it's really just, you know, don't put yourself in a position where, um, an employee's life could change. They find some stress or some some pressure from something personal that's happening in their lives. I've seen, you know, family members develop a drug problem or there's legal problems or it's, you know, obviously somebody's trying to keep their child from going to jail. They'll probably take some pretty drastic measures to, mm-hmm. you know, in that situation, we've seen gambling problems develop. And uh, so, you know, they're just things like that that can be um, a very real issue. And so we just, we just want to guard against those things. And, and again, this is not, this is just about having appropriate checks and balances in our business. And that's just one of them. We'll, we'll, we'll take you inside some of the others. Oh yeah. We've come. got
0: a, a, a good list of yeah. things that, that we, um, especially when we first step into engagement, it's kind of like the discovery slash Orientation, whatever. Mm-hmm. These are typically some of the first things, um, especially when we're launching. Right. Um, these are the the first things that we teach people, mm-hmm. and um, and it really does in the industry um, save sure. them a lot of heartache, headache. And, money ache. <laughs> and it's sometimes
1: easier for us, obviously, to come in and have those conversations with the people. Yeah. And they know that it's coming from somebody outside who's just stepping in and say, these are normal protocols. Like, this is something that we typically mm-hmm. should have in place. And so sometimes it's easier, sometimes hard for dealers, nature of the relationship with these people to have, you know, the conversations. But, yeah, we're prepared to do that. Uh, you might want to make a, an announcement about the boardroom. Um, oh,
0: oh, because I saw that Hugo is in. Oh, and nice. Hugo said, uh, um, what was the Texas? um it's already blazing hot yeah. already sweating in texas heat here good morning hugo 8 a.m um uh we will be broadcasting live in the boardroom as well on monday right. so, so we wanted to let everybody know that so that's- any of our
1: listeners are not familiar with the boardroom if you oh, yeah that's another one of the BH. Or i'm sorry the buy Here payer uh facebook groups yes so um and our our friends and colleagues over at uh Butler Sanchez uh, mm-hmm. started that group some time ago, and so we're we're pleased to be um, offered the opportunity to broadcast uh, live in there. So starting Monday, Absolutely. we'll be over there in that group as well.
0: Yeah. Um, anything else you want to add on gaping holes before we kind of move into a I couple of other things? No, I think we
1: pretty well covered. That. There's there's uh, more on the future subjects, but yeah. For that
0: one. So if you've got any questions on that, um, you know, feel free to to reach out, and we can we can. Um, help in any way we can. Yeah. Um uh, so there's a couple of things that we wanted to also chat about. Um we have a client that uh we're doing just a um it's a short-term kind of transformational engagement. And um and we helped them put a survey to their um clients their or their current customers and past customers um, through social media and email um, this last week, um, to try to get a feel for who their customer is. I mean, and we talk about this all the time. We as dealers, um, vendors, whatever, it's like, we think we know the customer. We think we know what it is that they want. We think we know, you know, what it is that's important to them. We talked about a little bit about this at buy here, pay here United, that it's, it's, I had the opportunity of serving some people through first round of interviews for an employment because we sent out a, an employment thing, uh blast we Had some positions open at, a, at a, one of our clients. And so I did the first round just because we were reformatting how they hire. And, um, since these were already customers, I was asking them, so, you know, what was your experience like? And, um, what was, uh, what was like the thing that really made you feel like you wanted to do business with them or why you bought and all of that. So, and I got some really different Intel than what the dealer thought was the most important thing. So back to our dealer right now that, uh, that put out this survey, to his clients or his customer's client base. And it's going to be running for like another week. And, and you know, typically when you do a survey of your customers, you don't get a huge response and he's gotten a pretty good response so far. And the results are gold. Right. Really
1: important stuff. He
0: actually said that to me this morning because I, I was like, Hey, finally got in there and took a look at your dashboard and oh my gosh. Yeah. And, and I quote you, well, I can't, I am going to, from memory best $100 ever spent
1: because the dealer put up a $100 uh
0: was it a prize like or, an oil change or gas yeah, or something a gift. like that yeah
1: one 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 yeah. of our respondents will do a drawing from our respondents and one of the one of will win a $100 gift yeah. card yeah yep
0: and yeah. it's it's it, yeah just a drawing and really really great information that's coming from that so why do i want to talk about the you know the survey one of the things that Jim and i are hoping to do to help the industry Is we want to be able to get and dive into our customers um, and really start to understand. We have the ability, we have the technology to be able to ask Mm -hmm. and to gather that intel and to chart it out and to really see, you know, what it is that that our customers, um, what it is that they, their challenges are having with um, the the industry, what sure. are the, you know, the great things, what are the things that are, are, uh, encouraging them or what, are, what are they looking for? Mm-hmm. What's the most important part, right. all of that. Um, and, uh, so we've, we've already talked to a few of our, our dealer clients and, and, um, so they're not, uh, we're already going to be doing this with them, but we're looking for about 20 dealers mm-hmm. out there that have, um, at least a thousand past or current customers and a way to be able to reach out to them, whether it be through social media or whatever. And we would like to put together a survey. It's it's to survey the buy here, pay here customer Mm -hmm. and find out like what from the horse's mouth, what are the things that matter most to you?
1: Yeah, it's a changing environment, right? With digital um, marketplace, you know, kind of changing in that way. So we've got that to think about. But mostly it's like we just know from our marketing experience that, you know, we, we sometimes think we know what the, consumer wants and we're guilty and not just in buyer payer, but across business in general, we we create this product and we think this is what consumers need. I'm going to build this product. I'm going to take it to market and sell it instead of actually going to the consumer and verifying what it is they want. So, we just find that there's a lot of anecdotal stuff out there, conversational mm-hmm. stuff about we believe we do this because this is what our customers want. And like, do we really know what our customers want? And these surveys are surprising us a little bit.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. right. And there's so, there's one piece that I, I mean, I, I want to not go into specific, specific numbers, but it's something we alluded to as well at buy your pay here United people keep thinking that, buy her, pay her customers. The important thing that gets them to you or the things that are important are the car. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you this one that we've done. And, and we, we said this at buy her, Payer United. It was 1%.
1: It was the lowest. It was the lowest. Server.
0: So why the heck are we as dealers car forward with everything we do?
1: Yeah. Like it's definitely the, and, and we want to get a much larger sampling, like to follow up on what Michelle said, we're, We're setting out to do 20 dealers with at least 1,000 customers between their current active portfolio and any inactive paid off, charged off customers. So a total of 1,000 customers in the entire portfolio or entire customer list, I should say, Mm -hmm. active and, and inactive. And then the idea there is to try to uh, survey 20,000 customers with the expectation of about a 5% respondents rate. So which give us about a thousand actual surveys. So that's mm-hmm. why we picked that number. And so if you're a dealer with that kind of, um, that kind of portfolio size. We'd love to talk to you if you're interested. We have some dealers who've, and, and if you've already announced that we're aware of the ones that have already, and we've spoken directly yeah, yeah, to some. Yeah. So we have some that are already uh-huh. uh, committed to do that. And the, the survey we're, we're working on, we'll have it ready to go out. Shortly. So
0: this is something that we're offering to dealers, these 20 dealers for free. Right. I mean, there is, there is zero. The only thing that the Octane group, Jim and Michelle are going to be, be getting from this is aggregate data. Right. that we can share with all the dealers that are out there so if you want to participate in this um, we will also be giving we'll be sharing uh your actually you're going to have your aggregate data so you're going to be able to see your customer your customer base mm-hmm. so for your dealership we will also share with you the aggregate of all of the dealers out there this is something that's really gonna i think going to help you as a dealer if you're one of those that fit what we're asking um if you want to Um, join us and and be part of this. Um, It's going to help you. It's going to help you in your marketing and how you're talking to your customer and maybe even how you're selling um, or uh, approaching your customer on the lot. It it really is going to be, it could be very, very
1: powerful. Yeah. Now it gives us a chance to dial in marketing, you know, now we're able to create messaging around what is really the pain point of the consumer. And uh, like I say, now that we have digital entering, you know, our, our sales process in the way that it is, then we need Mm -hmm. to make sure we know to what extent that's a factor. We're seeing a big uh, and kind of sudden pendulum uh, swing where we're seeing a lot of dealers try to jump over to that digital side, you know, quickly. And so we just feel like we need to go survey people and find out how do they really want to communicate? How do they really want to buy? Mm -hmm. What are what are their expectations around experience? What motivates them to decide to buy? Yeah, right. Oh,
0: one of the other things that I thought was just super interesting, and in that we've been seeing more and more, is that customers want to be communicated via text.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: one of the things in the survey is we said, "Hey, when um, if you would like to be notified via text, if you want, if you want, please enter your uh, t- your cell phone number as well." and 90% of the people More or so 90, yeah. um, that have filled out the survey, entered their cell phone number as well.
1: Right. So that has a lot to probably to how, well, how trusted we are and how the survey is written, you know, yeah. but as I said to Michelle, you know, with this particular dealer, as an example, we took this survey, we helped write the survey. It's part of our engagement with them. We helped them create the survey and put it out there on their Facebook page and, you know, other channels. But the idea is that even if the customer, if they take that, survey and they may not win the thing but the other way the thing that the questions are written in the survey it's also a promotional opportunity because we get to because of the way the questions are written the customer sees oh this is a new dealer who's entering the space and they're Mm -hmm. really trying to understand the customer and meet my needs or an existing
0: dealer that it's like they're trying to get better.
1: Yeah. So it's a, we, we get a chance to, you know, promote the dealership in an indirect and very Mm -hmm. authentic way Mm -hmm. uh, because we're going out and surveying customers and we're getting in front of people in the process. And so it's a really nice way for us to collect information, make sure we're creating the right message. And obviously we're creating the right processes in our business to serve Mm -hmm. the customer and meet them where they are.
0: Yeah. Right. So we're, we're excited about that. If you're interested, um, private message or uh, Jim or myself um, on social media, LinkedIn, yeah. uh, you know, go to the website and do a comment form, whatever. Um, uh, those of you who have his, Jim's phone number, send him a text. Please. Let's get this thing texts. underway. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, so... Uh, for our, you know, we're, we're going to wrap up. It looks like a little bit early, unless you've got something else that you want to chat about. No, I just would go. remind okay. folks
1: that our, our stop's coming up between now and the end of yeah. July. We've got, of course, a uh, uh, short stop in Albuquerque. We've got Vegas. We've mm-hmm. got Salt Lake City. We will be in Austin for TIEDA at the uh, oh, yeah, third week in July. And so we'd love to call on some dealers while we're down in that neck of the woods as well. Yeah,
0: before or after. Um, right. we, we, haven't really, we haven't really set our schedule. I'm Before counting on after. some more
1: queso and oh yeah.
0: Hey, any of your dealers out there that want to join us for queso?
1: Yeah, nice.
0: Let's do that. Yeah, it sounds like it Matt's, sounds like a great what's it called? idea.
1: Matt's El Rancho.
0: That's one of them that we really liked in That's that area. But I'm I'm wondering what's going to be around, uh, Round Rock.
1: We didn't. uh yeah, Round Rock. I yeah, we'll, we'll exactly have to figure
0: it out. So if if anyone, any of you guys, like know the area really well, we'll 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 figure out where we can get the best queso and then maybe do a little queso something over nice. there. okay, perfect. Um so just want to let you know Monday too we're going to be doing the next gaping hole. So if you found, found some value in what it is that we talked about today with um check writing, uh Monday we will be talking about that as well. Just and getting
1: started. A lot of really important stuff. Just getting started. To know. It's,
0: I mean it's really meaty stuff. So if you, you know, if you uh are listening to this well, after we've done the live broadcast, mm-hmm. um, you can always find us on YouTube. Um, so if you, if you like, and subscribe that it goes there a lot faster than it does on the, uh, on the uh, podcast syndicated right. stuff. Cause I, it takes me, um, it's at least 24 hours before you're going to see this broadcast available, but on YouTube, it's, it's pretty, or, and also on Facebook, it's yeah. pretty, it's pretty instantaneous. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, again, uh, when we broadcast live at our 9 a.m. Eastern uh broadcast. So it'll be 6 a.m. there. And yes, we are diehards. We will be there. We will be doing this.
1: There won't be anybody else around. <laughs> will be <there>. yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, those of you who are like if 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 we kind of like tickle mm-hmm. your your interest enough, um, you'll set your alarm and wake up and listen, we have a really, really, really big announcement that mm-hmm. we're going to be that Jim and I are going to be making. Um, on Wednesday right. Uh, out for our normally broadcast time 6 a.m. for those that will be at Vegas 9 a.m. for those on Eastern important
1: time. for the entire industry
0: absolutely so um, have yourself a great weekend it's Father's Day weekend happy Father's Day to all those fathers out there and uh, that's one of the reasons why we're going to Albuquerque is we're going to be spending some time with uh, Jim's family and and his his dad as well. And um for me, those of you who know me, I I lost my dad in mm-hmm. in March. And so for all of those of you, oh, I'm gonna get mm-hmm. a little emotional. For all of those that you have lost your dads, happy Father's Day to them too. That's right. All right. Have a great weekend, guys. We really appreciate you joining us. Tune in on Monday. All thanks. right, see you later.